I just slipped through an exam and you're listening to a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. Right now I'm joined by Dr. Gemma Gagan. Uh, Morena. How are we today? I'm good, thank you. Good, welcome to the show. Um, right, you're the first cab off the rank for Thirst for Knowledge um, talks this year. Uh, you're one tracing COVID-19 in Aotearoa using genomics. Uh, you're from the Department of Microbiology and Immunology, which I always mess up that word. But first, first off, what is viral genomics? So genomics in general is, um, is really about... Uh, understanding the the blueprint of um, what makes something living. So every every living being has a g- genome, mm-hmm. and we read that genome um, using technology called genome sequencing. And it's kind of like a book where the book is made up of letters, and the order of those letters um, provides instructions. And it's like an instruction manual. manual. So those instructions um, tell that organism to um, to make proteins and to do func- perform functions that it's supposed to. So mm-hmm. in um, virus genomics, we basically uh, read the book that makes up the genome and better understand how the virus behaves and transmits. So different proteins and stuff have been assigned letters. Is yes, that right? that's right. So there's four different letters that make up a genome. Um, and the coronavirus genome, for example, has 30,000 of these. So yeah. <laughs> there's, there's four... There's four letters that are repeated um, 30,000 times. And um, so the order of those letters is what matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So does every variant have a different order or is it, uh, you know, sub-variants within those variants? Yeah, so um, there's slightly different orders to different variants. So yeah. the, the basic coronavirus genome has um, has to have the letters in certain orders to make it a coronavirus. Um, yeah. But then there's slight variations, and these variations are called mutations. And so when a, a virus is transmitted to one person to another, or one host to another, um, and when it replicates inside that host, it makes mistakes. And it replicates so fast, and it doesn't really have much um, error reading um, in it. So it makes lots of mistakes, and those yeah. mistakes are mutations. And every time it gets transmitted to someone else those mutations can be passed along. Mm-hmm. And so there's slight variations in the order of those letters, um, which are called mutations. Yeah, I always liken it to like printing something over and over and over again. Eventually you'll start getting little mistakes yes. and little uh, things different on each sheet of paper, That's right? right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, so how important is the work that you do, uh, you know, in terms of helping our response to the pandemic? Well, I think it's... Fair to say that genomics has played quite a starring role in this pandemic, not just in New Zealand, but worldwide. Mm-hmm. Um, and from the very beginning, um, through my joint appointment with ESR, we were um, ready to sequence the genomes of every positive case in New Zealand. And that's what we aim to do until um, recently when we've sort of switched to more of a surveillance level of, um, yeah. of sequencing. Yeah, because there's just so many cases now. That's right. right. And um, before, when we, were, when we had an elimination strategy, we were informing contact tracing. So sequencing every case was really important because we could tell who transmitted to whom. Yeah. But now we're we're far less concerned with that and more concerned about surveillance, um, understanding what variants are here and how the virus is evolving and which areas of the country are getting which variants and so on. Yeah, so that's what makes our contact tracing so important now because you're not necessarily chasing back to origin and trying to find out where specific cases came from. 
That's right, but I think the whole strategy has changed um, yeah. as well. So we've gone into more of a suppression mode yeah. rather than um, worrying about exactly who transmitted to who. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And we're kind of um, trying to concentrate on the those that are um, more likely to have negative, really negative effects from 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 the so as well in terms of uh, government reaching out to people and things like that too. Yeah. Um, so what are, what are some of the challenges with the work that you do? Um, I guess the biggest, biggest challenge in the very beginning of this was convincing um, people, um, you know, sort of higher-ups in the ministry and so on, um, that this was a really important um, and valid thing that we need to do. Yeah. Um, and throughout the pandemic, it's kind of been... Um, the prioritization of genome sequencing um, has it is really challenging um, to sort of convince really really busy testing labs, for example, that we need all of those positive samples. So, yeah. um, you know, getting people to fish out their positive samples and courier them to ESR to get sequenced um, is probably not one of their priorities, but it's something that we felt was a priority mm. Um, mm. but you know people are under different strains so yeah yeah because the labs are already busy yes right, pre, and it's pretty much a full-time job to fish out those positive samples um, and then send them to ESR you know so yeah. it's um, it's difficult and we understand that and I guess on, on the other side it's um, we would love to be able to have all those positive samples as a reference um, and catalogued properly so how, you know, we talk about variants and things like that, but how different is the COVID strain that's going around Aotearoa compared to something that, you know, people might be having in uh, South Africa or South America? Well, at the moment, we have um, two outbreaks going on. We have a Delta outbreak that first um, emerged in August 2021. Yeah. Um, and that's still ongoing, and it remains around about 7% of our outbreak. And then we have an Omicron outbreak, and there's a couple of different lineages in Omicron. Yeah. Um, so there's BA1 and BA2, and we have both of them. Um, and that's the case with most countries that are experiencing an Omicron outbreak. Um, usually there's two um, lineages, BA1 and BA2, and um, in some countries, one or the other dominate. Um, in Aotearoa, we have both. Um, a BA1 is definitely more dominant at the moment. Mm -hmm. um, BA2 is rising, but it's hard to tell whether or not it will surpass BA1. Yeah, yeah. And why is it really important to know which of the lineages you, you do have in terms of um, how you might combat it in a person's body? Or um, So they do behave slightly differently and they do have different levels of severity. They have different um, levels of transmission rates. So um, BA1 and BA2 are, are very similar. They're, they're they're both called Omicron until mm. the WHO named them differently. But um, at the moment, they're both called Omicron. Um, BA2 um, has a slight growth advantage over BA1. It means that it replicates faster yeah. and um, therefore it might be more transmissible, um, but only slightly. And there's some um, very pre preliminary evidence to suggest it might be slightly more severe. Um, however, this is very preliminary, so yeah. we're still learning about yeah. that. I mean, it's weird because, you know, as much as, um, you know, we hate what's going on, we hate this pandemic, uh, we hope, it, hope for it to go away, but this is, uh, for you, 
<laughs> in in a way, this is like dream results. <laughs> yeah. I know you don't want to say that. <laughs> I didn't geniusly engineer a, pe- a global pandemic. Too. No, 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 not at all. But I mean, you know, this is the kind of thing that you study. Yes. Um, you know? So for you know a decade, I've been studying how viruses emerge, how they jump to new hosts, and how they spread yeah. through populations. Um, I never thought um, a pandemic of this scale would happen in my um, career but at the same time I I, I, I knew we were overdue one yeah. um, so it was um, it's a pretty surreal and overwhelming time to be in this field yeah I mean it's something in your backyard as well but I guess you you know we've had measles in Aotearoa and, and yeah. a few other outbreaks over the course of the last wee while um, but you know nothing compared to you know the, the, the original SARS virus um, or Ebola in, in Western Africa and things yep. like that that you've been probably watching and studying yeah. from afar. Yes, definitely. I mean, um, we've had global pandemics, you know, um, uh, swine flu to, uh, was only in 2009, and, mm. um, and, and then we've had epidemics, um, you know, as you mentioned. Um, but, but never on a, uh, a pandemic on a scale of this. Um, this is sort of 1918 style. Yes, yes. Um, flu pandemic um, where you know you know the whole world is affected by this yeah. the so-called Spanish flu that started in Missouri yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> oh wow uh, amazing so right you so the first for knowledge talk is tomorrow night um, of course as always it's at umbrellas right. uh, and if uh, of course under the current red light traffic setting um, it's limited so I don't know if there are still places available but you can uh, email bookings at umbrellas.co.nz uh, to, to try and book. Um, and this is the kind of stuff you'll be covering tomorrow, which we've kind of covered today. Yeah, so we'll just talk about um, the use of genomics in, um, in New Zealand's response. Um, I'll tell some of the stories. Um, because New Zealand, until you know until August last year, we weren't dealing with huge community outbreaks. Mm. Um, we were sequencing every case that came into our border and in the community. And so we were able to sort of investigate really, um, we were able to conduct really detailed genomic investigations that would otherwise be missed overseas because these are sort of really rare events, really rare transmission events that we noticed here because we were sequencing every case and we had so, so few of them mm. that we were able to notice these. And so we've got a couple of investigations like in-flight transmission and inter-MIQ transmission events that were really pivotal in terms of explaining things like um, that COVID-19 is definitely airborne. It's really hard to prove that a virus is airborne, yeah, but when yeah, you've yeah. got a controlled environment like MIQ and you're sequencing cases and you've got CCTV and things, um, we, we, you know, evidence from, from these studies are um, have been really critical in terms of of proving that um, that the virus is airborne, so I'm just going to talk about some investigations that we've done. Nice, nice. Yeah, I mean, uh, we all kind of knew that it probably was, and I guess the Diamond Princess kind of pointed to that <laughs> yeah. fact as well. But still, <coughs> even when it happened on the Diamond Princess, it was so early on that we're still wondering about that. But that's great because you know now now the work that you've done. Uh, and the fact that you've been able to do it like that will now um, be probably studied by many, many people going on into the future. So yeah. the, the, it's really pivotal in, in terms of the world. Yeah, um, it's definitely had a global impact, um, yeah. the research that has been done in New Zealand. Um, Amazing. Because of the, I guess, um, 
so few cases generally and compared to the rest of the world. That's right, that's right, because they've done it right. Uh, right, well, thank you so much for coming in today, Dr. Gagan. A, an absolute pleasure. First of knowledge, tomorrow night at Umbrellas, as I said before, bookings at umbrellas.co.nz. Uh, it's 5.30pm to 6.30pm. Very relaxed environment. Have yourself a pint. Uh, and to listen to Gemma. Once again, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you. That was a Radio 1 91 FM podcast. But find more at r1.co.nz.